Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Elite Titans podcast. I am your host, known Twitter scoundrel Ethan Jordan, aka the Canadian Titan, and it's been a while, guys. Now, I know my hundreds of thousands of subscribers are patiently waiting for the next episode to drop each and every week, but to be honest, guys, I just had some off-season fatigue. And I say fatigue, but it was really just laziness, because I didn't feel like being another one of those podcasts that is just saying the exact same thing that everyone else is saying. You didn't need to hear from me about how A.J. Brown tweeted some dumb shit. You didn't need to hear from me about how the Indianapolis Colts are favored to win the division this year. And you didn't need to hear from me about how Traylon Burks was five or six pounds overweight and how that clearly meant that John Robinson doesn't know what he is doing and we should fire him immediately and the whole season is a wash and Traylon Burks is a bust. You didn't need to hear from me for all of that. But now, as we sit here, I'm recording on Tuesday and this will be released on Wednesday, on the precipice of the start of another preseason of Titans action, you do need to hear from me. And why? Why do you need to hear from this elite Titans fan? Is it because my opinion is better than yours? Well, it is, but that's not why you need to hear from me. Instead, you need to hear from me because there is never enough outrageously overly optimistic Titans content on the internet. Never. Never enough. And that's what I'm here to provide for you today. Positivity. Not homerism, because we know I'm not a homer, but positivity. Because it has been a very long and painful off-season for every single one of you elites out there. Because I don't want to hear about nine sacks anymore. Starting on Thursday, that is the end of it. The 2021 season is behind us. It's 2022 now. And we have a whole shitload of new Titans to cheer on. And we have a whole shit ton of games to get super pissed off about because we're probably going to lose one or two that you know we should win. But before we get into all of that, before we start talking about the preseason game against the Baltimore Ravens on Thursday, I figure there's something else that we should talk about. We should take a quick recap of what we've seen in training camp thus far. Specifically, I want to talk about some of the rookies. Now, as I just mentioned, Traylon Burks came into OTAs and he was a little chunky. He was a little overweight. He, he couldn't finish an entire practice, whether it was his poor conditioning or his asthma or whatever you choose to believe. It was a rocky start for Traylon Burks. But now... On the eve of a preseason game, Traylon Burks looks like he looks like a stud. And I'm not talking a stud, a top 10 wide receiver in the league. I'm talking more like a first round pick. Traylon Burks looks good. He looks really good. And in the very limited, very limited 
videos that we have seen and that I have been fortunate enough to see on Twitter, I really think we have a dynamic playmaker who's going to hit the ground running. Now, I do not want to have to constantly compare Traylon Burks to A.J. Brown. It doesn't do anything for anybody. It just reminds you of the pain of not having A.J. Brown as a part of the team anymore. But unfortunately, their destinies are forever linked because of how Traylon Burks became a Titan. And the reason I say that is this season, given what we've seen from Traylon Burks thus far, it is not at all out of the ordinary to think, hmm, he could have a season close to or equivalent to what A.J. Brown had in his rookie season. Because A.J. didn't have a good start to his camp. He came in overweight. I believe he had an injury that kind of held him out a little bit. But he hit the ground running. And I'm having every belief in my heart and elite Titan soul that Traylon Burks is going to hit the ground running too. And the first taste we're going to see of that is on Thursday. I love his size, his giant hands, and he plays like a big-ass scary motherfucker. He had a quote that came out, I believe Paul Kaharski, everyone's favorite reporter, asked him, what do you think about the corners when you're lined up across from them and, and, you're, and you're going to get the ball? And Burke said something to the effect of, I, to be honest, I don't see the receivers. I'm just going to run my route and get the ball. And that alpha mentality... That, that complete disrespect of the man across from you, that's, that's some big dog shit. You know, A.J. Brown, uh, that's the last time I'm going to mention him on this podcast. Forget it. In, until the Philadelphia game, I'm not mentioning he who shall not be named. But Voldemort previously had that alpha dog mentality. And we loved it because he thought he was a top 10 receiver, a top 5 receiver. Now, that kind of led into diva category. But I don't think Traylon Burks has posted a single tweet since he's been drafted. Maybe he liked or retweeted some shit, but I haven't seen a single post bitching about anything or even saying how happy he is to be a Tennessee Titan or anything like that. Burks is built different. And... We see that physically, very obviously, but mentally as well. And I think that there's a lot to, to be excited about with Traylon Burks. But that goes without saying. He's our first round pick. He was an absolute stud in Arkansas. And I don't think it's homerism to think he's going to be great. But let's talk about some of the other rookies who are showing out in camp. When Roger McCreary was drafted at the top of the second round, the, the, the panic and the anger and the vitriol that came out on Titans Twitter was insane. Why do we need another corner? Is this a sign that Caleb Farley sucks? And we'll talk about Caleb Farley in a little bit. Why is John Robinson doing this? What is he doing? Is he giving up? Is he preparing for the future instead of trying to win now? But all reports from camp have shown that Roger McCreary is a baller. 
Forget all of the draft reports talking about how short his T-Rex arms are and start focusing on the fact that he has been not only the best rookie of all of our fantastic nine rookies this offseason and through training camp, but he's also been one of the best defensive backs in general. You can't go a single day of practice without seeing some sort of tweet about how Roger McCreary's breaking up a pass or Roger McCreary had tight coverage. He's going to hit the ground running. And with the injury to Elijah Molden, whatever it is that's caused him to miss six or seven consecutive practices, McCreary is getting an opportunity to show what he's worth. And apparently... It's worth a lot. So I don't think it'll be at all surprising to see a healthy dose of Roger McCreary, not only on Thursday against the Ravens, but throughout the regular season. McCreary is going to play, and he's going to be good. Haven't heard much about NPF, Nicholas Petit-Friere. He's battling with Dylan Radins for the right tackle spot, and that's got so many people up in arms because Dylan Radins is supposed to be so far ahead and the unofficial depth chart that, that was released says Dylan Radins slash NPF and everyone is losing their minds. And truthfully, I couldn't care less. I have every confidence that whoever lines up at right tackle, and I do believe that will be Dylan Radins, but I have every confidence that whoever lines up there, he'll be better than David Questenberry. Questenberry was awful last year. And I think it would take a lot of effort to be worse than he was. Dylan Raidens, NPF, whoever. Put him there. Let's just run the ball down their fucking throats. After NPF, of course, you have Malik Willis. And, and Willis, we've seen a lot of good. But I'm hearing kind of polarizing reports, depending on who you're listening to, about whether or not he sucks right now, or whether or not he is developing a lot faster than anyone expected. Now, Jared Stillman, of Stillman and Company fame, has been on the bandwagon of Malik Willis sucks right now, and that's okay. Maybe that's true. Maybe he isn't that good right now. He is currently listed as the third quarterback on the depth chart. Maybe he's not great right now. But his athleticism and his instincts are good right now. They are those intangibles that got him drafted in the third round by the Titans and had him projected to be a first-round pick. Maybe that was overrating the quarterback position but he's still talented and what he did at liberty despite his lack of an offensive line is a testament to that now that kind of get the ball run around and use your gifts to make magic happen isn't the kind of football play that's going to be successful in the nfl but that's why willis getting drafted was perfect for the Titans because there is no pressure whatsoever for him to play. Now, I've seen multiple people pleading for Willis to be quarterback two, the official backup quarterback instead of Logan Woodside, but I just don't think that that's feasible. 
not only did Malik Willis take his first snaps under center at training camp this year, but he doesn't know the procedural processes of calling a play in the huddle, lining up, making sure everyone said all that shit that, that has to be expected of a backup quarterback. As much as I hate to say it, Logan Woodside currently gives us the best chance to win. However, I think on Thursday against the Ravens, we are really going to see a healthy dose of Malik Willis. And I urge every single elite Titans fan to just relax a little bit. Because chances are he's going to make some really stupid mistakes. He'll be going against not only the Baltimore Ravens, but a a, a vanilla version of that defense because nobody shows any of their tricks in the preseason. But he'll be going against a bunch of talented NFL players who are trying to make their mark on a team. That means sometimes people are going to try things they wouldn't try to stand out. And that's an opportunity for disaster for Willis. So once again, take his performance with a grain of salt. Acknowledge the bad things, embrace the good things, and just enjoy what should be the most exciting preseason since we drafted Marcus Mariota. Now, I don't really want to talk about all of the rookies because, truthfully, I don't really care. We, we've we covered the rookies before. You know who the rookies are. But there's one other player that has to be mentioned, and that's Kyle Phillips. Kyle Phillips, each and every day, has shown out. I don't think he's had a single bad day. He's had bad instances. There was a report about how he and Ryan Tannehill weren't on the same page on a particular play. Tannehill... Custom out a little bit. They worked on it. Guys, Phillips is a steal in the fifth round. He's not the fastest guy in the world, but he is shifty. He is our white knight, our Wes Welker, Julian Edelman comparison. That white receiver that every good team seems to have. That's who we got. He's who certain Titans fans believe Mason Kinsey is. And that is an element that the Titans have lacked for for years. It's the kind of element that Adam Humphreys was brought in to be and just was unable to ever achieve. So Kyle Phillips, along with Malik Willis, are the people that I'm most interested in seeing on Thursday against the Ravens. The one thing about Kyle Phillips that I think is very important is his ability to get open in space to create space with his route running because third down conversions or those short passes to move the sticks we didn't really have a receiver last year capable of creating that separation in the short field and it seems through the videos we've seen at training camp Kyle Phillips is that dude. I'm, I'm super excited for Phillips. And I really think he might be the most impactful rookie for the 2022 season for the Tennessee Titans. 
Now, I did say I wasn't going to go through all the rookies, but I do have to give a quick honorable mention to Chig Okonkwo. You know, he's our tight end stud that we drafted, and, and he's also been balling out in camp. He's got a long way to go in terms of developing his blocking, um, probably his route running as well, because you can never have too good route running. But he's already started to establish a connection with Ryan Tannehill. That can only be a good thing. Last year, having ineffective tight end play was was insurmountably shit for the Titans. And this year, with the addition of Austin Hooper, the addition of Chig Conquo, and unfortunately bringing back Jeff Swaim, our tight end room is, and this is not an exaggeration, a billion times better than last year. If you do the math, it is literally a billion times better. And that's not throwing shade at Anthony Ferkser and Michael Pruitt and Jeff Swaim, but it is. Last year, our roster just wasn't good enough. And I know we lost Voldemort, and I know we lost Julio Jones, or the skeletal frame of Julio Jones. But the additions that we have brought to the Titans have me confident that this receiving core this year is better than last year. Maybe not on paper, but I am willing to bet our offense will be significantly better. And that doesn't even speak to the fact that we added Tim Kelly as our passing game coordinator. We just have a better roster. And I am beyond excited to see them perform, not only this season, but I'm excited to see them perform on Thursday. It's been a very long time since there's been Titans football, and I can't wait for it to come back. And before we wrap up, there's another thing that has to be addressed. Ryan Tannehill. A couple months ago, the majority of Titans fans were ready to sign Ryan Tannehill's death warrant. And here at the Elite Titans podcast, of course, your gracious host, the Canadian Titan, didn't give up on him. Didn't give up on Tannehill because I had seen, like many of you have seen, the heart and the passion and the grit that Tannehill plays with. Last year, the Tennessee Titans ranked 32nd in wide receiver separation. And yet, according to PFF Next Gen Stats, Ryan Tannehill was top 10 in on-target accuracy. Do you have any idea how complicated that is? Because that sounds like a whole shit ton of mumbo-jumbo, but what that means is, despite the fact that Titans receivers weren't getting open, Tannehill was able to deliver them the ball in a method that had them able to catch it and afforded them an opportunity to at least make a play. Can you imagine how good he will be if you get receivers who can get open, like Kyle Phillips, like Robert Woods, like Traylon Burks? This offense has the potential to not only be better than 2021, but to be the best offense 
the Titans have seen under Ryan Tannehill. And if you recall, 2019 offense was pretty fucking good. Now, I'm not saying that is for sure going to happen. I'm not a homer. But there is absolutely the possibility that this offense is going to be more explosive, more effective, scarier than we've ever seen with Tannehill at QB. So I just kind of want to embrace Ryan Tannehill as the Tennessee Titans quarterback. Let's not lose our shit the very first interception that he throws. Let's not pound the table for Malik Willis if we lose a tight game and Tannehill's completion percentage isn't 95%. Let's just take a step back and give the man who has brought the Titans to relevancy an opportunity to recover from his mistakes. Ryan Tannehill, the very first episode of the Elite Titans podcast is titled Ryan Tannehill, MVP? And I was making a whole point about how I thought the Titans are going to be the one seed, and I was right, and how normally the best team, the quarterback of the best team is the, is the MVP. Uh, I'm not saying that that is going to happen this year. But what I am saying, and you can clip this, you can put it on the record, you can make one of those cool quotes on Twitter, Ryan Tannehill is going to have the season I believed he was going to have last year, this year. He will have his best year as a Tennessee Titan in 2022. Mark my words. Put it down. Bet on it. I actually think I'm legally required to to say that this is not professional betting advice. Please do not actually bet on it. But bet on it. The last thing that I would like to talk about. What should we expect from this preseason game tomorrow against the Ravens? Now... Obviously, the outcome of the game doesn't matter. Preseason scores and preseason output and all that shit doesn't really matter. But what are we looking for? What are we hoping to see from which players? Uh, what do we need to see and what do we hope to, to not see? And, and there's a few things that I really think are worth paying attention to. Now, obviously, you want to see how Malik Willis does. You want to see how Traylon Burks does. You want to see how all the rookies do. But the person I'm most curious about at this point, and I wonder if he's going to play, is Caleb Farley. Now, I know I mentioned him earlier uh, in, in in regards to the corner position, but Caleb Farley hasn't been playing corner that long. He transitioned from wide receiver, and before that, I think he was a quarterback. So he's not naturally a corner. He doesn't have those instincts. And as I'm sure all of you remember, he tore his ACL very, very early in the season. So we didn't really get to see a whole lot of him. And the very limited play that we did see 
there was some good and there was a lot of bad. But I'm really curious to see not only if Caleb Farley plays, but how much does he play? How does he look coming off the torn ACL? All of the videos we've seen in camp seem to show that he's not having mobility issues. He took off his knee brace relatively quickly. And he took off the yellow non-contact jersey relatively quickly. Reports out of camp have been up and down. Some days he's having lights out. Nobody's catching the ball on him. Six pass breakups and all that. And other days he's the victim of bomb after bomb after bomb. So I'm really curious. Not only how much Caleb Farley we see. But how he just looks as a corner. This is a prime opportunity to get him some quality reps at game speed. Because, as I said before, these are players... The Ravens that we're facing aren't going to be the Lamar Jackson Ravens. But they are players trying to make a career. So it's not going to be... It's going to be easier than a regular season game. But it's not going to be easy... It's not going to be on easy mode, rookie mode, or any of that shit. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what Caleb Farley can do. Another guy I'd love to see, but I don't think we will, Robert Woods. It's probably a few more weeks before we see Robert Woods' Tennessee Titans debut. But you you gotta tip your hat to the guy. He tore his ACL, I believe, in November. And he hasn't missed much, if any, of Titans training camp. By comparison, two years ago, Taylor Lewan tore his ACL. Around the same time, if I'm not mistaken. Perhaps even earlier. And he came back like shit. Bud Dupree, the exact same thing, tore his ACL around the time Taylor Lewan did, and he came back like shit. Now, I know those are different positions, offensive line and and edge rusher, um, and they're different body types, they're different frames. But you can't help but feel amazing about how Robert Woods has looked throughout training camp. I would love it if he could get a series or two in the preseason. But it's unlikely, but I would love to see it. A player that we will see on Thursday against the Ravens is Racy McMath. Not just Racy McMath, but, but all of the wide receivers I'm very curious to see. In particular, Racy McMath, because over the last few days, he has been the talk of Titans camp. We don't need to sign Will Fuller. We have our very own in Racy McMath. He has been lighting up camp, catching deep ball after deep ball, and turning into the deep threat that I'm sure John Robinson hoped he would become when he drafted him late last year. Racy McMath showed very little as a rookie in terms of being an actual wide receiver. He doesn't have the natural instinct. And when he was playing at LSU, he was playing behind some absolute studs. 
Chase and, and Jefferson and um, there's another one whose name is currently escaping me, but he was he was the fourth or fifth wide receiver at LSU. And really all you could see was just how fast he was for such a big guy. Usually 6'3", 220-pound receivers aren't running a 4-3. But we've got that in Racy. And I'm really hoping we'll get to see some degree of that. Because we didn't see much or any of it at all last year. The only catch that I can remember from Racy McMath was a fumble slash interception against the Pittsburgh Steelers where he was dragging across the field, caught the ball, got leveled, and dropped it for an interception or fumble or whatever it was officially. So I'm looking forward to seeing not only how he's improved, but hopefully going to see that speed element to some degree on Thursday. Another receiver I'm really looking forward to is Des Fitzpatrick. Now, Des Fitzpatrick won the one of the offseason awards um, that Mike Vrabel loves to give out. But since then, all reports seem to indicate that he's been rather pedestrian. Um, Paul Kaharski put out uh, a tweet, and he mentioned it on his podcast, that he just doesn't seem to have a sense of urgency. And that's something that Dez had issue with last year. It's something that Vrabel constantly criticized him for and chastised him for, and it's something that Vrabel seems to think has clicked for him, or perhaps it was John Robinson, seems to think has clicked for Dez, that he has an opportunity here. People say that his time on the practice squad did him good, but we're not seeing that manifest in training camp according to reports. So I'm really hopeful, hoping to see some sort of, I don't know, something special out of Dez in these preseason games. Because some players just aren't good at practice, but they'll show out in games. I'm really hoping that's what Dez is. Not only because we traded up for him in the fourth round, and not only because I'm sick and tired of hearing so many people bitching and complaining because we didn't draft a Monroe St. Brown, but because we used the seventh round pick in the trade to trade up for Des Fitzpatrick that we got from Isaiah Wilson, and I made a solemn vow that I would stand whoever we got with that pick. I don't remember why, but I'm sticking to it because I'm a man of my word. So I'm really hoping to see some good shit from Des. I'm actually hoping we don't see anything from Mason Kinsey. Now, I hope Mason Kinsey has a long, illustrious, and very financially profitable NFL career. I hope that for every NFL player. But if I have to see another tweet about how Mason Kinsey is the the secret weapon the Titans have been just hiding, or he's going to make a name for himself this year, he's a lock to make the roster, or any of the hundred other absolutely boneheaded things that some very vocal Titans fans love to say, I'm going to blow my fucking brains out. I just, I, I, I want to see zero from Mason Kinsey. 
Every time I hear Mason Kinsey making a, a diving catch or some amazing athletic play, I fucking shudder because it's just another opportunity for him to make the team. I just don't want to hear it. I don't think he's special. His career or his his life as a Tennessee Titan, beyond anything aside from the practice squad, ended the second we drafted Kyle Phillips. That's my opinion. I'm sticking to it. Now, on the defensive side of the ball, we're not going to see our Jeffrey Simmons or Harold Langer or any of the big-name starters. But I, I already mentioned Caleb Farley. I expect we should see Roger McCreary, to some degree, get some playing time. And I'm really hoping that we see the successes that he had in training camp translate flawlessly to the football field. Because of all of the picks outside of Willis, of all of the picks that I really, really want to hit immediately, McCreary is number one. More than Burks, more than Kyle Phillips, because everyone questioned it when it happened. I just want it to work. I don't want to hear any sort of, what the fuck is John Robinson doing? I don't want any of that. I just, I don't want the drama. I love the drama. I'm just so tired of the drama. Last thing uh, that I think is worth mentioning here, the offensive line. Now, it's going to be a mishmash of, of people. I don't expect any of the starters to start. Perhaps Aaron Brewer, Jamarco Jones gets a meaningful playing time, and, and Dylan Radins and, and Nicholas Petit-Friere are going to get meaningful playing time. But I'm really, really hoping that the, the offensive line shows some cohesion and the individual players show... Well, I, I guess it don't show because the only time you notice an offensive lineman is when they're doing a shit job. I hope the offense moves efficiently, albeit slowly, because nobody shows anything special in the first preseason game. I just hope there's no problems. Because John Robinson made very little effort to address the offensive line when last year it was a massive problem. So I'm really hoping that everything works out there. I have been your host, the Canadian Titan, known Twitter scoundrel Ethan Jordan. And if you enjoyed this episode, this, this bring back episode of the Elite Titans podcast, you can follow me on Twitter at Canadian underscore Titan, or you can follow the Elite Titans podcast Twitter account at Elite Titans pod. I have been your host. I said that already. That's very embarrassing. I'm out of practice, but I'm going to leave it in there. Remember, guys, I'm not a homer. I'm just an elite Titans fan. Tighten up, and let's just get fucking ready for some football.